This is a Live Women Authors of Achievement podcast, episode 81, with guest Anna Yonako. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Dario Sovorova, and welcome to today's episode that is recorded live at Singular Society Showroom in Berlin. Today, I speak with the Growth Strategies founder and managing director of the consulting company JK Access, Anna Yonakoch. With 15 years of experience in communication and business development in the leading media and lifestyle brand companies such as Philipp Plein, Elle, and the German Football Association, Jona has a lot to tell. In this episode, she shares her take on what is the best investment a brand can make when it comes to their communication strategy. Jona reveals how brands can combine storytelling with business objectives to create a profound impact on culture and company revenue. Yona also shares many anecdotes from her life, and we brush up on her early exposure to political dynamics, her unique approach to networking, and deep connection to football. Join me in this conversation with Anna Yona Koch and feel the energy that is present during the Women Authors of Achievement Live podcast. This is, I think, will be like the fifth or sixth live podcast this year, which is kind of wild. I'm like, how is this even happening? Like, you know, like wild. And I'm especially very excited, to be honest, because on the weekend, I mean, this is like a side story. On the weekend, I had a cold and I was like, Jesus Christ, like this is such a bad timing for my cold because like it's a couple of days before the event on Thursday. And I am usually have this get cranky voice when I get a cold, you know, like it disappears which is funny, right? Because I'm a podcast host. Like, this is the worst thing that can happen to me. And I was like, shit, I'm going to lose my voice. So for the last, like, 40, and it was like a tiny cold. It was nothing major. I completely, like, eliminated myself from social interaction. So I limited my, you know, like, I canceled all the meetings. I didn't meet with anyone for drinks or anything. My meetings, the ones I joined at work, were like, yes or no, or where I can be silent, just so I can be here with my voice. So can we get a round of applause for just my commitment? (laughs) (laughs) Like to make it absolutely 100% recovery before today. And of course, I mean, no social interaction, which means I'm so excited. Um, My social batteries are like 1000 right now. I'm so excited to see people like, yes, finally. And this is like such a beautiful crowd. I would say it's like a rose garden, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for coming. It's so amazing to be here. And before we start, I heard from Rose that this space doesn't have any neighbors, uh, which means not that I'm starting a rave right now or anything, but this is meaning that we can clap, we can make lots of noise, and there will be no police coming to arrest us. So feel free to, you know, build it up, build up the kind of the mood and interact with us and like, you know, let us know how you feel about this conversation. And of course, but that said, who has been to previous Women Authors of Achievement live podcast before? Woo! Oh, oh my God, a lot of new crowd. Who's a listener of the show? Okay, interesting. Guys, where have you been all year? Like five live podcasts. Like, where have you been? Okay, I, I'm happy you made it now that it's September. Uh, like, okay, I have to host a couple of more so you're there around. And yes, and with that said, I mean, I also want to say huge thank you because every live podcast is possible to amazing partners like Singular Society and just Rose. I mean, Rose, like big heart to you because you had such attention to detail and preparing everything. Can we get a round of applause for Rose? I mean, look at this space. Yes. 
and Linus as well and Alisa thank you guys so much for making it happen um, we have uh, we're gonna enjoy the goodies uh, from Justa it's also amazing Berlin based uh, brand um, with uh, Tristan and Thomas leading it um, super delicious it's vegan and vegetarian we have lemonade and charity from a lovely lemonade team that send it over and then we also have drinks from Singular Society I already like whispered Rose like can I get a couple of bottles like sneak it out it's delicious so and of course the two amazing photographers Anna and Marie thank you so much for capturing this moment guys like thank you it's always very special and to the audience and of course Jonas slowly but steadily I'm coming to you as as we know like you're quite a known networker in Berlin you founded your own uh, consultancy and you worked in communications and business development for Philipp Klein, for Elle, for the German Football Association. And you have this amazing experience for 15 years. And now we're going to get into like the needy greedy of what have you done, how you've, you know, you worked around it. What's your key takeaways? But also, I'm curious to get to know your personal story because a lot of people know you, but do they really know you? <laughs> you know what? Tristan. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on this with me. Let me check my, my notes. So, there is a German saying you shared with me. Let's check my German pronunciation right now. Nach vorne wird gelebt, nach hinten wird verstanden. That was a good one, huh? That was a nice. What meaning does this hold for you? Well, first of all, I have to laugh because you are so antisocial and I just come from Oktoberfest, so I was, I'm like just <laughs> delighted with people. And I'm also very happy that I'm here healthy and fit. Um, wait, wait until the uh, network, yeah. networking part, yeah, we're going to well, get to the wine. No, but like, coming back to the sense, I think we all have this kind of decision or if we have to take a, make a decision, we sometimes think, oh my gosh, I really want to look into the fortune, what's happening. But I think the most important is that you just live, that you don't live the expectation from somebody else, that you just live your life because nobody else did this before. I've never thought that doing my graduation ball brought me to the soccer federation, that going to a little village in Switzerland, being one of the first employees from Philip Plein, brought me to Milan and then to Elle magazine to New York. But like now, if I just sit down and blend in and say, okay, what was actually a milestone or a plot twist and what did I learn from it? I think now having all those dots, it makes a like red line. And I mean, actually I did 10, 15 years ago, the same what I'm doing now. And I think it's really important that from time to time you just sit down and see, okay, what was actually happening this year and what did this make with me? Right. Maybe like going back to your roots, very personal part, right? Your father, your dad, you mentioned that he had the biggest impact in your life. Can you share more? Why? Actually, he still has. So, um, But I think the most important quote he gave me and challenged me with was, you can complain, that's easy, but changing is key. And this was kind of the plot, which was always over, yeah, being over the conversations we had because we were discussing and debating life. And also, he took a really bold decision when we were still, like my brother is almost two years older but when we were still tiny and in primary school he decided to take a job and everybody thought he's crazy because within the 90s taking a job the, the job he accepted okay yeah, Sorry, no, taking like, a job is good but like <laughs> <laughs> the kind of job he took because he um, was offered to take over a position in Magdeburg to do culture sports and school after 
like in a period where everything kind of changed and this is something really society shaping and so people is it is it like position um overlooking magdeburg yeah yeah one of the like one of the key pillars yes okay so so he was in, in charge yeah so okay. he was in charge then for culture sport and uh, school system and i mean with so much change in in this land, it was just crazy because there were so much people unemployed, 50, 60,000 people just having no job. There was so much change. And he said, okay, well, I'm doing it. That have an impact on society. And so he took the whole family and we moved there. And um, people were betting on him if he's going to make it. And slightly spoiler, he did it over 22 years. And the last 10, he was also mayor. But um, there, he, he, there he showed up and he kind of taught me how to shape to how to shape society and to how to create impact, yeah. And there's another thing you mentioned that already at a very young age you understood political games. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. Tell me more. I mean, what, what political games were happening within your, like, surrounding? Well, I mean, it, it comes with a package. So I'm a daddy <laughs> girl, right? So most of the things, like sports and culture things, happening on weekends. And um, I was really young and I joined him to go with him. On the one hand, it was amazing because we were creating crazy intense memories but sometimes as a 12 year old I was sitting in a church for four hours listening to random speeches but I understood how the system worked um, on the other side I can probably now explain to you the rules of any kind of sport because um, we just went from boxing to soccer to handball to water ball I have no idea but that was like quite interesting because um, I had the privilege to sit with leaders in such a young age and I learned a lot from this, and if you really put it to the bottom line, everything is political game, right? It's like in the family, it's with friends, it's in the company, everything is politics. And it's all about gathering people, creating majorities, pushing interest groups together. And um, I think this is like a really, really strong lesson I learned that you really have to go in all different interest groups to create a majority. and. This is what my dad always did and taught me. Are you a good politician or a bad one? Well, I should be a more active one, but I mean, <laughs> also in that days, no, but I mean, also in that days, I understood that even if you have a good intention, there are different systems which um, just do not just look for the good thing and for adding value. It's sometimes also a party game or you just name it, but um, in, yeah. And something you also mentioned, the power of showing up. I mean, this is also the power of showing up that all of you are here today. I think this matters, right? There's so many opportunities of saying, no, I can't make it, I'm too busy. When it comes to anything like personal family events, when it comes to company, when it comes to just networking with like-minded people, but what does the power of showing up means to you? And how do you embrace it or even? Well, I think in a certain way, life is about experience and some experience and emotion you can't create digital. This is something very human and uh, I think this is what we all need. And there's another saying, I'm going to be there when it matters. And this is having something really, really true because if you look through your phone book, who's really going to be there? And you can rely on this in so many different ways. So it could be me starting my tap dance career and I was horrible. Uh, ended up as national champion but back in the days even my friends and family they showed up and uh, they supported me because I was so passionate about it and it gave me so much energy that they recognized that this is something very important and you can also transfer this to the business case right so if you are there and you are embracing a person to go out of comfort zone with a brand with a project whatever 
then you really have to show up and say, I help you to jump because then mm. it, it kind of comforts you. And this is something which you can't create in a different way. Wait, so you were like a tap dance national champion? <laughs> yeah, K no, do no, we get no, a dance? No, we're not doing it. Do we get a <laughs> <laughs> do, we, do we have to a secret? Yeah, yeah. I'll find us a place. I'm, I'm curious now. I'm intrigued. In, in those hills? No, no. But no, it no. costs three knee surgeries, so I'm done Oops. with this. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> never mind. But you also have, I mean, you have many passions and one of this is football. I mean, every time I feel like if I stalk you on Instagram, not that I'm doing this regularly, but if I do, I'm like, she's at this football game, that one. I'm like, what's going on? And then you're also invested into Victoria Berlin Club. Uh, how come? What, what, this passion, investing into the football club, what is this all about? Well, I think... Also, back in the days, I mean, where does any passion come from? I mean, obviously, I watched it with my dad, and we had great experience there, and we did stadium tours, etc. But all in all, I'm a really value-driven person. And uh, what's so special about it is that you really, and I also talk always, it's we when I'm with my team, right? So I'm really the 12th person in this team, right? And I think this is, like, so special because it doesn't matter where you're from, which background you have, if you're a top manager or a handyman, when you are in the same block... You just have one passion which kind of connects you and which brings you together. And this is so magical because normally in normal life, I would probably challenge that they would never met or they never meet, right? And I think this is so important for society that we come and zoom out of our bubble and that we have something human which connects us and the love to one team and for winning um, is just, it's really magical to me. And the Club Victoria? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, you just said it in the intro, so I... I Why this one specifically? Um, well, I mean, it's like reshaping an industry, and I'm always interested in doing okay. this, to, okay, this one. To, to do new things. And I learned a lot of things when I was at the Soccer Federation about the system and if you even have the chance to win. I mean, choose your battle is also really nice because if you know you can't win, I'm not doing it because then I know you are just stuck. I try, but you also have to say, okay, it's... Sometimes you can't really win. And there it's just female soccer. I couldn't do it as, a, as when I was young. I did it. But then there was a, just a boys team. So that was the plot twist to my <laughs> dance career. But you were stuck in so many systems also in, in soccer. And female soccer is underrepresented. And you can actually think the whole marketing and the whole community completely different way yeah. and um, so yeah it's reshaping an industry Qu quick question to the audience has anybody been following the women's world cup yeah couple can nine Woo! <laughs> yeah and what about the berlin victoria club has anyone attended the games me obviously <laughs> couple of people well you know what now you can add this to the list of berlin experiences can we do like all of us can we do like a tour with you yeah we just do a blog with the hooligans then of victoria <laughs> You see, where do we sign up? Yeah, we can put it in the show notes, yeah? Yeah. Let's do that. I'm intrigued and I like the colors and, and the, the energy there. So I'm coming. As I said, you're quite a networker. And I also feel like you have this, you know, this unique flair to connect brands and people. But also that's part of your job. You connect brands, you connect the right people to them. You kind of encourage the growth. You foresee this development. But what is your approach to building networks? What is, what's your basis? Where do you start? I would say you can't learn it if you don't have the passion. Um, and I think it's... I mean, passion for talking to people. No, like... In general, I think it's like people always say, and you see the quotes everywhere, yeah, you need a network, you need a network, you need a network, and it's fine. Yeah, we really need a network. I would 
probably also agree on that. But I mean, how should you learn it if you, I mean, I feel so much joy in connecting people and bringing them together and add value. How could somebody learn this joy? So I would say if you have this passion about it, I totally understand also people who say, okay, it's really, it's really hard to network because sometimes small talk, it's hard. And yeah, you have to push you out, out of your comfort zone. And I would say my brother and I, we are so different. Sometimes if, if you would sit here, you would not recognize that this is my brother. And we are from the same parents, right? So it's like some, in one family vacation, actually somebody asked us if we are on honeymoon. So we are really <laughs> completely different, right? Oh. But he has his passion and he's an engineer. But would he ever do go to a network event? No. So for him, network is his community. And uh, community in his case is he is an engineer and he's like a little nerd. But he loves it and he's really comfortable in his community. So I would say starting a network could also be finding your community, um, like a group where you have an interest group where they share the same values and interests. And then it's kind of easy and you can grow out of it. And how do you know if you can trust a person? You can't. <laughs> I mean, intuition, gut yeah. feeling? I mean, normally you can't. I mean, you don't know till you know. But I think I have a good gut feeling. Obviously, I did mistakes, but... What were those? Well... Like it's an open secret. I think all of us like had situations in life where we thought we can trust somebody or we are aligned. Or for me, nothing like the biggest value and everything I do is loyalty based and trust based. So if I say I do it, you can 100% relate that I'm doing it or that I make it happen even if I can't do it. But I think a word is a word. And I think this is something where we really have to look into society and mm -hmm. say, we have to come back to our core values. And if I have a person who says I'm going to do it and then flips around because it's like more opportunistic driven, exactly. then I also ask myself, do I have to change? And I don't want to change as person because I think if you live with a good example and mm. uh, the good values, then you attract also those people. And yeah. yeah. For, for me, you know, <laughs> yay. <laughs> Dora, I saw you. You were like right there, <laughs> right there, starting the clapping festival. But you know what? For me, it's I always like boil it down to givers and takers. Mm -hmm. And for me, it gives so much because I'm a giver. I'm like naturally like hosting these events. I'm doing a lot of things. Like I love bringing people together. I love having a movement. I love seeing when things are happening. People are connecting. It gives me joy. So I'm a giver. And for me, it's like meeting another person who is a giver it's the biggest fulfillment because then this energy, this like, there's a synergy, there's a trust, there's a feeling like we are doing something together. We're creating motion set towards like somewhere forward. And it also comes down to like building communities. And I think what we did here, right, Rose, with you is like, hey, do you feel like doing this? Yeah. Okay, let's, let's give it a try. How can we support each other? Does this feel right? So there's like this back and forward. But the problem comes for me is when I interact with takers, because then I, I, it's just such an awkward situation because you can't say no. You naturally, as a giver, want to continue giving. You feel a bit restless. You also feel like you're, then you don't have any resources uh, left. Yeah, you have to find a new filter. I think I'm like I think this is also life teaching you, but putting new filters in and also seeing who do you want to surround with and who's getting your energy. I think that's also a thing. I'm also like a 100% all-in mentality. So even if I have a chat and I have an idea, I'm just 
on the way to do it without having anything to do. But I know you're I just, overwhelming. I, yeah, Every time we meet for lunch, you're like, woo! I'm like, where are you taking me, girl? No, but it's just if I see a match and I'm, I think one of my superpower, if you can say it like this, is I can really read visions of people and brands. And then if I actually see a match where we can put people together with the same values, then it's so fulfilling. And there is just a filter who's getting the energy and who do you want to open the doors for and uh, who is actually also appreciating stuff which is actually not written down in the contract. Do you work with friends a lot? And if you work with friends, do you, do you actually do contracts then when it comes to work relationships? Yes, I work with friends. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have one of my best friends as a business partner in my team and I love it. Uh, it was just a game changer. But also I have a lot of friends in the industry and in a, in a close circle. And obviously they also have own companies, etc. And uh, we empower each other. And obviously it makes it easier if you sit down once and say, okay, how can we work together in the best way? And what's the agreement? And then it's like be spoken once and then it's, it sits there. And yeah, it's challenging on the other side as well because you're also friends and friends is always over business because I'm a really valued and passionate person and... I think that's amazing to have like a good village in your life besides your family. But um, then you need more communication and life is always with waves. And I think uh, with good communication, you can handle everything. Did you have experience when you got burned a bit by working with friends? Yeah, but those actually, it was like a shocker, but it was like back in the days, right? It's like eight, nine years ago. But working with a close friend back then from university and giving all I have, and then getting rejected in not just such a nice way was really hard, but it was like not the money part about, about it. It was more about that I had a word and um, if a friend is cutting me off like this, that was actually a moment when I said, okay, do I have to change as a person? Because like the financial part, et cetera, it was, yeah, you can get it out. But like the, the personal thing, that was actually the harder lesson I had to take in that. But actually, it was good because uh, connecting the dots again, it showed me I should not hang with this person. <laughs> you were like, never again. Nice to meet you. Goodbye. <laughs> and there's something about, like you said, connecting the dots, about signaling. And you mentioned like the importance of signaling and, you know, quoting you, if you don't know what you want, how should the world know, right? What have you specifically been signaling through your life? What has been like your main message? Well, if you stalk me on Instagram, I probably signal that I love my birthdays, weddings, I love soccer, <laughs> I love to travel. But uh, this is like probably the private note. On a business note, I signal more for brands and people I'm working for because there's like the key channels to actually figure out what they should signal, right? And for me there, um, personally, it would be probably that I'm just working with trustworthy, loyal people and mm. um, really visionaries where I can actually move people who are not afraid to go out of comfort zone and to, to challenge the status quo to create something better. And to actually also, I mean, I'm a really, really happy German-European woman, but sometimes I'm not so happy with things happening in the country. And coming back to the quote from my dad in the beginning, complaining is easy, um, changing is key. So what is my take to change it? How can I make this economy more fulfilling? How can we as Germans do more cool cases? How can we create something and 
do the pioneer, uh, be the pioneers in, in certain groups. And this is like probably the my motivation and mm -hmm. my driver point where I say I sign up for this and I want to push and I want to convince and I want to collect interest group, groups and actually create value. Okay, so where would we see you at the forefront when it comes to changing the Germany for the better? Well, I'm Now I'm intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> Which streets are you really, you know, like walking in? No, I think for me, I think it's the uniquest thing that I have, that I really would fight that the society is more into values again and mm. that we are not just um, having this nine to five mentality or that we actually look right and left and see how we can also help others, not even on an economical benefit, just also on an emotional benefit. And this is what I try to also bring into brands or to people who I'm working mm. with to actually get a multi-dimensional layer on that. Totally feel you. I mean, you know, when you mentioned the signaling, I think what I've been signaling for the last two years is like saying yes to everything, like to everything that scares me. I'm like, yes, I'm sending like a message to universe, like surprise me with things like tell me what I cannot do. And it got me into places where I was like, how did I end up here and why am I doing this? But you know what? I'm here for the ride. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's. <laughs> Like this is this has been like helping also out as well. But speaking about the company and you working with brands, you were actually have you been ever employed? One of my jobs I was fashion sales assistant okay. at a really trashy shop selling that stuff. <laughs> but most of you were basically yeah. freelance. And I, yeah, I was a bartender once, but I think that was actually also self employment. So <laughs> no, I was never employed. So you're an entrepreneur at heart. I think so. I was actually, when I when you got me this question over, I was like, mm, well, I mean, yeah, I really love to lead. And I actually did this in kindergarten already because I always wanted to gather the groups, you know. And then in school, I took the uh, class speaker part and then I went to university and I also did this economical uh, debating thing. I went when I was an exchange student in Nashville, I was on Model UN. So I actually thought, yeah, if I'm like sitting down and thinking about if I really always been like this and it's like yeah I, I really love to be a leader and to convince and to get groups together mm -hmm. yeah but how come you you founded JK Access in 2016 and why did you felt that was the right time for you to start your own consultancy there was not the really right timing I was like uh, I was pushing my <laughs> <laughs> I was pushing I mean I couldn't push my master any further so I had to take it and make a decision because pushing um, your master my master thesis because <laughs> no, I was like in between. So I, w I, I was uh, working always while I was studying. And then I had a little break and scratched also the thesis time always a little to have more working experience. So I kind of missed all this working, you know, this travel experience because I was always working and finding new ways. And then it was actually the thing where I learned people ask me, where are you going next? And I was like, mm, well, I don't know. Where are you going next? We want to come with this and this project to you. It's like, hmm. That's what, what the time when my boyfriend said, okay, well, maybe they need you. And back in the days, I was always challenging the status quo that, I mean, you understand, yeah, <laughs> you understand the system, right? So I know why you had like big agencies, but it was back in the days when the old communication flipped into the new version where social and digital came up more and more. And I understood why companies work the way they worked and the system is like it is, I found a niche. And it's like, I really want to do it. I want to combine this new markets. I want to combine communication and sales. And this mm. is something none other job could have offered. Yeah, and that's something I have like trying to understand since you mentioned that. So you are trying, for you, like communications is not just 
like a side-standing PR and comms, but you really try to look at communications tied to business performance, tied to results. How does it look in practice? First, you have to think about how did it look like and how, where are we now? And back in the days, I mean, just a decade ago, brands had just one way to communicate. It was through media and then you kind of had the chance to get to your potential customer. And nowadays, all the brands also have their own channels. So you really have to see, and this is also signaling, what are you signaling as a brand yourself? So what values, what products, etc. And often it's like that you get a brief and people say we are this, this and this and say, okay, but how do you show this on your own channels? Mm -hmm. And they don't sometimes. And then you say, why should other people, a third person, talk about you like this when you signal something else? And this is where you kind of have to deep dive in and uh, say, okay, communication, it's not being under the marketing. It's actually something very economical where you can cut cost, time, and also access new potential customers when you communicate in the right way. And that's the reason why we often just work as a sidekick of the CEO or of a managing board because... Even how you pick your supplier, who is doing your creative content, who's doing your copy, it's so much more than it used to be because you have to really create a unique way of communicating with uh, your customers and potential mm. customers. Do you have some client work that you can share? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could talk for this probably also for hours, but like I think the maybe some of the like, yeah, successful yeah. cases, because I'm intrigued now. Like, who are those brands? The biggest challenge we have is noise, right? How do you cut the noise? Because we just have 24 hours a day and you really want to reach your potential customer or your customer, not potential customer or potential customer. So how do you do it? So you have to kind of sort out where do you meet this person on the natural way? What is the customer journey of the person you have on the, on the spot? And there you just have to think out of the box and say, okay, well, what's the biggest challenge and how can they go out of this box. And this is how we do the marketing mix. And one case, for example, I mean, we always have a spacey office and we host events there as well. And it's just a case how you give access. I don't want to be a gallery, but we always have great art, for example, in our office. Obviously, we know that people coming into our office have interest and budget and they tick all the boxes. And so they sometimes just need the inspiration and they don't have time to go to a gallery, but then they see it on their natural way, having an appointment. So this is something where we actually sold also a 25K picture out of the wall, having our groups into in the office. So it was just a modern way. And I never would say that galleries, they have an amazing workload and, and doing an amazing job, most of them. But sometimes you just have your client base and they also have to know how you get new clients in. Mm. And this is new ways. So, so of it's kind of it. like mixing a little bit the experiences in an unexpected way and also bringing brands together in new ways that customers usually maybe experience it, right? Yeah, 100%. I mean, the, so it's the, not like dedicated space. Okay, here we're going to have like a cosmetics brand. Here we're going to have an art gallery. But finding ways to bring those experiences together where people are like, well, this makes actually, this makes sense. Like I would use this for this occasion or I would consider buying this painting because I have this moment right now and this is like the thing I see right now on the wall. The um, same is also with beauty, I would say. I mean, probably all of us can uh, like relate to this, but I think the beauty industry was one of the first adopting to hotel collaborations. And I think it's mm. really smart because I'm a very lazy person traveling always with very tiny luggage, never bringing my own stuff. 
and you can catch my attention because I'm surrounded by too many product ranges. But if there's one product in the hotel room, I just use it. And if I like it, I just buy it. So for me, it's like the perf if you would target me as a beauty industry person, you yeah. would get me in the hotel. So and that's the reason why also those kind of corporations, you just have to think out of the box, like really sit down, zoom yourself out. And for me, it's also really important if I get a brief, I also ask how are the sales figures looking like? Right. And then also look in your own friend circle, because sometimes you also have the same person, like the marketing person or target person you have on paper and ask yourself, do I have also a person like this? And would I ever reach this with this kind of channel? I don't think so. Exactly. And I think this is a great example. We are here today enjoying like a wonderful September, special September weather. You know, it's a beautiful venue. It has history. But then the Singular Society showroom, it's not just the venue, right? It's actually a company, a brand that has this membership based products that you can become a member and buy. And like the products are placed all around this space here. And in a way, it's a very nice, non-intrusive experience because on the one hand, you're enjoying the evening, but you're also experiencing something you might see yourself using or being part of that. And I think that's such a new way of also connecting physical and digital because I personally, I cannot stand any more digital ads. Like I cannot connect with sometimes physical, it's, it's just too much, right? I actually want to experience things, to smell them, touch them, and then consider for myself, is this the right brand for me? Is this the right experience for me? And I feel like this is like also a nice way how things are starting to merge since we're a bit like of that post-corona back to normal life, hopefully. <laughs> but a quick question into the round. Who is actually working in comms? Yeah, nice. Are you guys enjoying this? You're like exactly what we're doing. Who is a brand owner or like a founder brand owner? Okay, the half kind of. <laughs> nice. Okay, so it's a bit of a mix. I think it's also interesting that people can, you know, speak to each other and see how they experience it because we're all also I think a lot of the people here are like have their own agencies maybe like working for themselves or having their own brand. And it's always a question like, how do I grow? How do I also stay locally relevant, but also start targeting new audiences? And maybe a question for you, Yona. Currently, like if you would could give an advice, where should a brand invest into? What kind of channels a brand should invest in today to get to the target audience? Well, I think you can't really say it without having a brand case because it's too general. You have to be a little more individual. I think hey, do do an exception for no. me. <laughs> <laughs> no, because then it's not a really good consulting answer because you really need to have an impact, right? And then you really have to look into this case. And that's the reason why I also say you said how you want to grow. I mean, I think sometimes it's also okay if you don't want to grow because like when I was sitting down, I was like, okay, what's what are the options, right? And working with people and actually consulting and sharing my experience is just I can just do it when we are not so many because otherwise I'm an HR person handling the whole team. If I would be like a lead director and have 50 people below me, I would just do people management. I really want to be out there and change something in the industry. And that's something where I also say it's also okay. Uh, you just need a good squad. And uh, I really love to, to connect creative people because most of the creative people are better when they're not in like big organizations and can be creative and have then the right framework to work on good projects. I think that's a thing, but I think the stickiness, I mean, I don't want to blank your question at all. So I think you have to be sticky. So you have to have, 
house tiki how i mean you mean like how it's, it's like warm today no like no i mean with like a community i mean you have to see what's the core and how does the community or the brand communicate what's the target audience and how do you find them on the natural way as well so if you're a really young brand of course your number one priority is probably tiktok right now but also on the other side what else is interesting right so i think what we saw in the last years, like brand collaborations, communities, and actually doing multi-dimensional communication is very smart and very effective. What do you mean by multi-dimensional? We just opened last week. You should all go because it's great. We just opened down the street Photographiska. This is like a system or like the idea is that... Wait a second. I like how you were, I was like, what are your clients? She's like, not going to reveal. And she's like, hey, we just opened on the corner. <laughs> But it's not bad. It's no, like a huge building, which is like a former Tachelis. I mean, it, no, yeah. But has anyone been there yet at the opening? Ooh, Ooh, yes. Yeah, success. <laughs> yes. No, but so we are taking care of the FNB, yeah? So. Rafiska, we are going to have a live podcast there as well. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that was a good spoiler, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I really love making a, making a point there. I really love that they with the curation of the exhibition they want to drive a conversation and then you have great food and beverage there where you can also take your wine and go through through the stories and have a really great day there and it really sets the tone of the night and also a restaurant etc it's like the architecture of your night i think this is really nice to see how you select partners and also places and that you actually do your briefings a little deeper and take more time in selecting and then the creation, the result is going to be more, even more beautiful. Anything you find like super outdated and old fashioned today, which is like a no-go? If you just say your intern has to do the social media. <laughs> I mean, I really love print, but print first is also quite, quite old, but in all, I would actually say it's outdated if you just do the same things over and over again because it used to work. And I think we need to have a little more spirit, all of us, just to, to go out of comfort zone and to try something new. And it's also okay if you fail, but if you never try, you will never know if you can change something. Tell me about the hottest trends. <laughs> what I think it's interesting about society right now, that also Gen Z, etc., they want to be individual, but then they want to be in communities. Hmm. So... We have this all in race, right? So when I was a teenager, I really wanted to be with the Backstreet Boys or Britney Spears, you know? But and now it's like they're K-pop stars, etc. But And then they have this look, but then they're uh, being in their community and then they feel safe. And I think brands having a great impact if they create more than just a thing because people are buying emotions and their emotions and the conversion point to sales is also really close to each other and that's the reason why I say you have to combine communication and sales because mm. you are selling an emotion and I think if you really get to the point where you can combine this and have this great space or a community um, then it's incredible we just had this with NKM that was Naturkomstwetik München it's a, also a beauty brand and the founder created such an intense and crazy amazing community that I really could not believe them when we opened the store that there were people lining up because they wanted to see the founder. What was the name of the brand? NKM. It's a, like okay. a mm -hmm. natural beauty brand, but it was just amazing. And how dedicated the team was, 
how they actually also created the store in a really sustainable way. It was just a full circle, like the whole story was just perfect. And I think the community really sees if it's authentic or not. And to see really how engaging this community is was, was just amazing. Do you like Women Authors of Achievement community? I really do. <laughs> do, we, do we all like it? Does it feel emotional, authentic? Yes. And I mean, speaking of also one thing about trends, I mean, what are your thoughts? We touched on this a couple of times, but what are your thoughts on like a membership business models for brands? Well, if you do it in a consistent and, and good way and mm. in a good curation, I think it's really smart uh, because it's a really brand loyal thing and you have a community of trust and actually people who want to hang with you, they stay with you. And this is a really good way of building a long lasting relationship. And I think this is what every brand should do. Not, I'm a little tired of all those. I'm just doing a quick brand and quick sale. I really like that we create value and something which is more midterm and long-term and yeah, have a little longer breathe in, mm. in creating. I think it's beautiful, like community and membership like models for different kinds of also creators, for brands, creators. It's such a great way to find that commitment and that connection to the audience, to your, whether it's listeners, whether it's, you know, the customers. And it's also, as you said, good things take time. But I think if people like it once, they want to stick around for a while. And, you know, I had a couple of amazing, I mean, all women I had on my show are fantastic, phenomenal. But I had a couple of like brand founders and it took years to build that. It took like five to 10 years to build something which is like really long lasting and has that recognition in the, in the space. And I'm always fascinated because we are really pushed to do things like in one to two year, you know, like a lot of people have these expectations. Okay, you've been around for six months, you should have this kind of members. But to build that long-term commitment, that trust, it takes ages, guys. And I, that's why I also think it's great, but with realization that good things take time also. So that's why I really also value like this community. I'm going to shy away and be like, I value this community, but no, I do. No, it's really nice. You always meet new people here. That's really nice because it puts everybody out of the bubble. And I think this is like so, yeah, it's, it's such a great value that. Um, but it's not, it's not like a rushed relationship, you know, it's like it's building, it's getting closer, it's getting to know each other step by step, but not like a quick big event and like, ciao. Mm -hmm. No way. Yeah. And you also building the value. I like that. Let's do it together. <laughs> <laughs> the last one for tonight, because I want to keep it on a high note, right? Um, I want to keep it like on a like energy high note. The sugar rush doesn't go down. Is the very consistent, lovely question I have on a show, which you already said is too complicated. And I know it's complicated, but you have to give me an answer to that. Is who is your woman author of achievement? Who is your role model? Surprise us. <laughs> when I was a teenager, I would surely say Britney Spears, but back... <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's the first time someone brought up Britney Spears. Really? But yeah. yeah I like it. You no, see? No, like, but I really know I have to add something on this because I can't leave it like this because then people would say if they would put it out of compass, they would say I'm insane. But I think you can choose your own models from stages in your life. And I think it's really important. Or for me, it's challenging to put now a raw model if I do not know the person personal. Because so many people put a role model out there and they just know the media version of the role model, what they are sending, signaling, people write about it. And that's the reason why I would 
probably say I would say that I have so many role models in my friends showing me and guiding me and being with me and that's such a nice group of people I can call my friends and close ones that I would say it's a group of authors of achievement who are making me to the person I am. Oh wow, that's plural. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please don't forget to leave us a review. We're always excited to read them. If you want to interact with us, the guests, or the podcast listeners, then head over to our Instagram page at waa.berlin. And while you're there, make sure to check our webshop. Thank you again for listening, and we're looking forward to being back soon.